Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to another episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow. Today's guest... I usually say an expert in the field of sports. He might be the <laughs> foremost expert right now because he is head coach of the reigning champion Baylor Bears, Coach Scott Drew. Scott, thanks for joining. How are you doing in Waco these days? Well, it's it's getting hot this time of year, but uh, uh, you know I got so much respect for you and uh, obviously the, the program you're a part of at Gonzaga uh, and really respect you as a man. So glad to be on on the show with you. Well, I appreciate those words and, and I, I reciprocate them. And, you know, during my travels during the college basketball season, I get a chance to talk with a lot of coaches, going to shoot arounds, pregame conversations in prep. And one of the things that I've found when I've covered your team a couple different times um, is you've just got an even keelness to you about uh, whether it's prepping for shoot around or right before the game. And I would imagine a lot of that comes from your strong faith and knowing that you've done everything to prepare your team and nothing's going to kind of throw you off kilter at the last minute. Am I true in assuming that? Well, well, definitely uh, uh, blessed to have a great staff that makes sure we're prepared and, and I, I do my best to put in the work. And the good thing is, regardless of the result, I know God's going to uh, still love me. So uh, uh, my spiritual faith is a big part of that as well. You know, I, I find that uh, – I don't want to say refreshing, but I find that great that you are willing to, to share your faith and you're willing to um, let people know what is important to you. There's not a lot of coaches and or athletes that do that um, when they get the opportunity. Is that something that has been ingrained with you from from youth in, in being around a family with your dad, Homer, who was a head coach for a long time, your younger brother, Bryce, who also uh, makes that a pivotal or important part of his basketball programs. Uh, and it's just something you wanted to carry through with your own career? Well, well, definitely raised in a Christian family um, and uh, been blessed to uh, coach at schools that allowed you to uh, um, have a spiritual impact on your student athletes and profess your faith. Uh, there's a lot of good uh, uh, Christian coaches out there that uh, are at schools that unfortunately aren't able to uh, share as much or have as much an influence. And um, we're able to do that at Baylor. And I, I take advantage of that. And at the same time, um, I know with my own kids, it uh, doesn't matter if they're billionaires or if they if they don't have a, a dollar to their name. Uh, I want them to win the game of life. I want to spend eternity with them in heaven. And uh, we're, we're, we're blessed to have a chance to be alive, but it's only a short period of time. And uh, uh, winning the game of life is so much more important. Winning the game of life is important. Winning a basketball game is also important because, you know, you're in the competition of winning games at the highest level in college. Um, 
where, when you are evaluating and recruiting a player, where does their competitiveness in both scenarios, both AAU and with their high school, um, stand out to make you say, I want to recruit that player? Because a lot of times when I've watched high school and or AAU games, um, you see a competitiveness, but it's not necessarily to win. It's maybe for individual. Well, and, that, and that's such a great uh, uh, point. And that's why uh, you like uh, uh, college from the standpoint you get to recruit uh, young people. And at Baylor, we have, have an influence and impact on them uh, spiritually, character-wise, academically, and basketball. And as you know, normally if the other three are in order, the basketball part uh, is in order. And uh, with that evaluations, uh, everybody, there's beauty in the eye of the beholder. Some people want more athleticism. Some people want more skill. Some people want more work ethic, character. Uh, our staff, we know what, what what who fits a part of our culture. And the big thing is, uh, at the end of the day, we're all competitive. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in a sport to keep score. Uh, and we want to win. Uh, and uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 9.24 uh, is a great verse that, uh, uh, do you not know in a race, all runners run, but only one wins the prize, run in such a way to win the prize. So we want guys that uh, want to win and are about winning because uh, playing is one thing, winning is another. I love that uh, because, yes, you want to run in order to win the prize. You you guys won the prize this season. Um, myself as a Gonzaga uh, Bulldog alum, uh, I had that game in early December circled as some as a game I really wanted to watch. You and, and Coach Fewer are, are close friends. Right before tip-off, an hour or two, word came out that uh, you know there was COVID testing and the game would need to be postponed. At that point, my personal feeling was, let's let both teams not reschedule this because I want to see it in the NCAA championship game. Lo and behold, it happened. What was the message that you really kind of yeah. had to share with your team the rest of the way through the season? Because, you know, you guys had some ups and downs with pauses yourself, yeah. but Gonzaga had the majority of, of the national attention throughout. Yeah. Do you think that kind of really drove your guys to, to leave yeah. no stone unturned to prepare? Well, I think let's start with uh, uh, what what Coach Few and Gonzaga did this year is remarkable, especially uh, uh, in today's basketball realm where there's so much parity. I mean, uh, as we know, it's such a fine line, and that's why no one's gone undefeated since uh, the Indiana team in 75-76. Uh, and uh, um, uh, I mean, uh, Gonzaga all year long being ranked number one, having that pressure. Coach Fudu and the, and the team did a phenomenal job uh, um, competing each and every night and handling success. At the same time, I, I, I know December 5th when the game wasn't played, my initial thought was, hey, you know, I think we're on the third floor. You're on the sixth floor. Let's just meet on the fourth and uh, <laughs> open up the concourse area, put some hoops up and go. But uh, uh, it, we both agreed, you know, if, if December 5th wasn't the date, uh, April 5th, we would both be really good with. And uh, uh, one thing that uh, uh, some people don't know is uh, uh, um, before games, I would text Coach Feud and said, set a prayer for your team. He'd do the same thing um, all the way up into the championship. And then championship, both of us uh, knew it was a great platform. And we just wanted to uh, honor God with both playing our best. And uh, I know Gonzaga uh, – um, 
obviously wishes that game could be replayed because uh, we played so well. Uh, and part of that uh, might have been from our three-week pause. We were just hungry and excited to be back playing and uh, uh, didn't want the season to end. Uh, some of it was maybe Gonzaga being ranked one all year and us being being two. And we, we up until that point where we had the three-week pause, a lot of people thought it could have been the first time that you had two number one teams go uh, or two teams go undefeated all the way to the championship. And then when we hit that three week pause, as you know, uh, <laughs> you can't do any sport, take three weeks off and then yeah. step out and expect to be good. I mean, we played six games in 14 days. All it was, was prep, play, recover, prep, play, recover. And, and I mean, we weren't very good. Our defense dropped from one in the nation to 44. And then when we lost in the big 12 tournament, we were able to start practicing again. And uh, for all the young people out there that don't like to practice, want to play games, Hey, we all love games, but uh, to win the game, you got to practice. And uh, I thought that really helped us to get back to, to, to form. And, we, we were practicing where our players knew the importance of us getting better, where, as you know, late in the year, sometimes it's just practice to not get injured. We knew we had to get better. And the players set such a great precedence to keep getting better in the bubble and each and every day. Um, and a lot of times uh, they talk about the NBA make miss league. And uh, we really shot it well um, in the tournament, especially in the final four. Yeah. You had some great points there that I, I really didn't think about as far as, finally getting back and practicing and you're hundred percent right. Uh, I think my personal uh, opinion is the youth these days with the AAU and the, the mm -hmm. leagues for kids, it's too geared towards games and results in those games, as opposed mm -hmm. to development, love of the game. If you have the love of the game, you continue to develop, mm -hmm. you're going to be good enough to play at a high level and you're going to mm -hmm. be good enough to be in positions where you can win important games. Um, mm -hmm. With that evaluation piece that you had talked about, some of your other players, you've had guys over the last few years that maybe were overlooked by other programs. Mm -hmm. You had Adam Flagler this year, who I believe was a Division II transfer, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Freddie Gillespie a few years back went Division III um, mm -hmm. to your your program at Baylor. Mm -hmm. uh, Macy O.T. went transferred up, you could say, UC mm -hmm. and UNC mm -hmm. Asheville to your program. What is it when you're looking at quote unquote transfers in the portal that makes you take a deeper look at them and say, I want that guy on my team. Well, uh, I mean, Freddie, as you said, uh, Carlton college first year played a total of 15 or 16 minutes scored four points total and ends up walking on a Baylor, uh, becoming all conference and then started the last two games this year for the Raptors. Uh, Obviously, the seven-six wingspan appealed to us, <laughs> um, but really, it was his high character and work ethic and desire to get better, and uh, uh, that was that was uh, what made him special and allowed him to get to the NBA. And uh, Adam Flagler transferred out of Presbyterian, a, a, a lower Division One team that uh, some people would probably think was Division Two, but uh, he's somebody that uh, uh, again, um, through our evaluation process, thought fit our culture. And each program uh, uh, prioritizes different things. And with us, uh, he just fit our program. He played the way we wanted him to play. He was selfless, uh, cared about winning, had great high character and work ethic. And um, he's worked out really well. Maceo Teague, an All-American, uh, All-Conference performer, um, hopefully someone that uh, uh, gets drafted. But I, I, I want to count him out from being in the NBA at some point someday just because he works too hard not to be. 
need and all the intangibles you would want uh, to have. And uh, again, uh, um, it, as you know, uh, college, there's so many distractions uh, and uh, the people that get caught up in the distractions often don't reach their their full potential. And we have a culture where guys are really committed. And I know Coach Coach View does. I remember he shared a story. One of his players uh, broke up with his girlfriend just because he didn't want to have anybody possibly affect COVID in the team. And I mean, that that's a pretty big commitment, <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially especially if you really liked her, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, you could have used it as an excuse. I didn't ask that, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it was. We'll never know. I might have to ask you to do that off the record at some point. <laughs> Dan Dickow here for Moink Meat. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted. And I tend to agree. And Jamie Simonoff, creator of the Ring Video Doorbell, invested in Moink. Why do just four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry? Because big food crushes the little guy. You can help change that with MoinkBox.com. Why are 97% of the chicken served in the U.S. dipped in chlorine? Simple. Because big food doesn't have the same quality standards as the family farm. That's why you need moinkbox.com. The best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, and the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from the grocery store. You'll only find it on the family farm and caught by independent Alaska fishermen. That's why you need moinkbox.com. Join the moinkbox.com movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash believe right now and listeners to this show will get free bacon for a year with every box ordered. That's right, free bacon for a year. That's one of the best years ever. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but only for a limited time. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash believe. That's moinkbox.com slash believe. Moink meat is so delicious. It's awesome. I think you will love it too. Get Moink right now. College basketball has kind of gone through an evolution of, of, of how the game is played. Uh, right now we're in a kind of a really up and down continuity, free flowing ball screen type of, of, of game defensively I look at your program having changed a few things I remember years back you guys had a really unique um, matchup zone this year you seemed um, to really have high pressure guards that really kind of changed the game is that something that was dictated by personnel is that something that's dictated by overall landscape of college basketball or how do you look at what you want to do each particular season well, I, one thing I, I learned from my dad, who was who was my mentor, obviously uh, coaching under him and growing up watching how he did things, he always ingrained to be a a good coach adjusts what he does to his personnel. I mean, if Shaquille O'Neal was walking in our office, um, I would not be dumb enough to not post him up and get him the ball, right? So, um, and, and at the same time, if you have guards that are athletic and uh, really can uh, guard defensively, and we had Mark Vidal, uh, Jared Butler, uh, Davion Mitchell, all three top 15 uh, uh, 
Naismith Defenders of the Year in the final balloting, and they really did a great job getting up under people as well as uh, everybody else on our team. So uh, it will always adjust what we do to our personnel. And Coach Few does a phenomenal job doing the exact same thing. I mean, uh, offensively, they've been so efficient, but yet he'll tweak things to his personnel. Talked about your 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 father Homer uh, kind of being a mentor to you on, on the coaching ranks. I would imagine uh, he was a big mentor for your younger brother Bryce, who, who I know yeah. a little bit from having played against him in the NBA. You may not know this um, when he was the head coach at Valpo. We had initial conversations of maybe me getting into the college coaching game uh, with him. It, it obviously didn't work out, uh, and he probably made a right decision because he no. hired Matt Lodick. Um, so in all things work out for the right reasons. But yeah. when you look at, besides your father Homer as your mentor, how much do you bounce ideas off of Bryce, knowing mm. that he's he's had an incredible amount of success at yeah. Valpo, Vanderbilt, you know, he was trending in the right yeah. direction and injuries really kind of caught him. And now Grand Canyon is, is a, a up and coming program on the West Coast. Yeah, one of the few coaches out there to lead three teams to the NCAA tournament and probably the youngest to do it. Um, but he's he's somebody that uh, uh, very close to and obviously love, respect. And I'm so blessed to be able to have conference calls with my dad and my brother. And uh, after a tough loss, we'll three-way, tough, uh, good win, we'll three-way. But uh, usually after every game, when we're able to watch, we give feedback to each other. And the great thing is when we need help, we're there to help each other. And uh, as coaches, uh, it's one thing to give advice as, as family. It's another to know how to give that advice. And what I mean by that is after after a tough loss, uh, you, you got to be uh, uh, know how you want to be approached. And my brother and dad know how to do that. Uh, and they know when to share, when not to share uh, ideas. And uh, again, like you, you, if you ever choose to get in the coaching profession, you'd be an outstanding coach. I'm just uh, blessed to be able to do that with my dad and brother. And uh, not only keeps us close, it's our passion. When we go fishing together and spend two or three days fishing, uh, we talk basketball and fish. So it doesn't get any better than that. Like that's the best three days you could possibly we have <laughs> so I, i'm not a great fisherman um coach you never rubbed off well. on you huh <laughs> coach few invited me one time it didn't work and he's never invited me since i don't know maybe i gotta ask him this time but um who's a better fisherman than you you or coach few because i, I know you guys are friends <laughs> i would imagine maybe on a nike trip at some point uh there's been an opportunity for that well, he is, uh, he's my pickleball partner. We are undefeated together. So we, 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 we won a national championship together in my mind. Um, as far as fishing, uh, if, if it comes to fly fishing and uh, trout fishing, uh, hands down, he's the expert. If it comes to bass fishing uh, and, and freshwater fishing, that's, that's, what, that's what I do. So uh, in Texas, we got a lot of big bass. Uh, in fact, Wednesday night, they have a fishing tournament. It's uh, usually 530 to 833 largest bass uh, get weighed in. And I think we've won four or five uh, this year. And last 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 tournament, I had an 871, so almost a nine-pound bass. So that was my biggest on Lake Waco. But I, I love to compete. I love to fish. And those coaches are smart enough to always go with guys that are fishing all the time so they know where to fish are. Because in coaching, you, you, you spend too much time with your team and in the office to know where everything's biting. So you, if you got the right person pointing it out, I can catch. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I had no idea. That's a, that's a good uh, 
that's a good secondary hobby to kind of get your mind away from basketball uh, because I know as a head coach, you need to do that um, at different times throughout the year. You mentioned in being in the bubble and I had the opportunity to call games for Westwood One Radio. Um, we weren't in the true bubble, but we were at the games, calling the games. Instead of being in person at shoot-arounds and talking to coaches, we did everything through Zoom. But you guys were really kind of locked in. How difficult was it for you and your staff to keep your guys focused on task at hand? Well, I, I, I can tell you that first and, and foremost, if you ever wanted to be a number one seed, this was the year to do it because number one seeds in the bubble had the largest team room. So <laughs> it was us and Gonzaga right next to each other. And every time a visiting team would walk by and be like, oh, man, that's what a number one team gets. <laughs> and so so we, we both had it so much easier than everybody else because literally – our team rooms were 10 times the size of the other ones, which meant that the guys could hang out more, uh, uh, play games together, uh, rather than the smaller team rooms where really study hall film break down and then up in your room. Um, but I mean, it, it was kind of like a camp feeling. You were up in the, uh, you had each team had a floor. Um, you could leave the doors propped open. Uh, you had, you'd go down to the closet, get your towels, your sheets, your shampoo. I loved it, Dan, because I could go down and get unlimited coffee pods, and and that was a great deal for me. Our staff drinks a lot of coffee, and then and then uh, 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 with that, you could always check in every night. Like we'd go to meals, and I'd, I'd uh, say what's up to the Gonzaga staff and Coach View, and vice versa. And obviously, our staffs are so close, and uh, so much respect for each other, and uh, so much respect for each other's teams. With Coach. Roy Williams in North Carolina retiring uh, with Coach K announcing his retirement. Um, you you are amongst a, a few coaches that are kind of have been very successful. You're still on the younger end of things. Um, are you comfortable becoming possibly one of the true faces of college basketball coaching and kind of being forefront with, with leadership? Well, one thing, one thing uh, I've always tried to do is from the assistant coaches committees to being on the NABC Congress, uh, I've always tried to be a part of making uh, change for the better and helping give back to the game. And uh, that, that's something that's really important to me um, from the standpoint. Uh, the NCA takes a lot of uh, heat on certain areas. And as coaches, we need to do our part to help give direction, meaning when's it too many days to be out? Uh, when's, when's it to, uh, too few to be out? Uh, ways that we can make our sport more accountable and better. And I really love that opportunity to give back and shape uh, um, uh, the game, hopefully for the future. So anytime that uh, uh, I've been given an opportunity to provide perspective and Jared Butler was a representative student athlete on the council this year and I mean they had three four hour zooms and he was phenomenal on them but uh, we w w this game has meant so much uh, to uh, me and my family and uh, our players and it's such a blessing to have an opportunity to play and compete and anything we can do to make it better we definitely want to do that because uh, you, you want coaches that are in the profession to not have to choose family 
or profession. And at the same time, uh, you want to make sure you're there to supply and, and uh, be a servant leader to your players. And there's ways to do that and improve. I remember my dad was at LSU from 72 to 76 back in the day. They didn't have recruiting rules. So imagine you being raised that my mom tells the story. My dad came home one night and we're like, who's the burglar, you know, and we're scared because he'd been gone all the time. I think he had 156 hotel receipts his last night, uh, last year coaching in LSU. And you'd be gone 365. So, I mean, that's not work balance and that's not a good role model for, for, and then you have, then, then it's choosing a profession or family and you should be able to do both and uh, be role models for your student athletes. And coach Few has a great work balance and he's helped me with that. Yeah. I know there's, there's uh there's that conversation I've heard from a, a number of people uh, in regards to young guys wanting to get into that profession. Cause it can be difficult and you need leaders like yourself um, to share with up and coming coaches how best to do it. And it sounds like you, you, you've got that mind frame of, of servant leadership, as you mentioned, to help. Last question, Coach, before I let you go, and I really appreciate all the time. You guys at Baylor achieved the pinnacle. You won the title last year. Knowing you a little bit, having had some conversations in the past, I know you're competitive. You're mm-hmm. going to want to do that again. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the outlet? What is the outlook for Baylor, not just this year, um, but for the upcoming years in the future of Baylor basketball under Scott Drew? Well, first and foremost, we've been successful because uh, we have a great administration and uh, we don't have a lot of turnover. And I know, uh, for instance, Gonzaga just had uh, uh, their AD after a long time leave. And I know uh, Coach Few can say how important that is to have an athletic director you respect and appreciate. And I know they promoted within and uh, he'll do a great job with continuity. I've only had two athletic directors in my 18 years at, at, at Baylor and two phenomenal ones and Ian McCaw and Mac Rhodes. And as long as uh, uh, they keep giving us what we need to compete and be successful, we'll continue to uh, have that opportunity. And then the next thing is uh, being able to keep your staff and you want your staff to take uh, jobs. I mean, Tommy getting the Arizona job is uh, uh, something that's outstanding. We've had uh, Coach Mills at Oral Roberts that went to the Sweet 16, uh, Grant McCaslin at North Texas that beat Purdue and went to the final 32, uh, Coach Driscoll that's at North Florida. But uh, we, we've been able to keep our staff intact, and uh, that's so important because at the end of the day, that continuity, if, if you're dysfunctional in the staff or you're learning and, and, and first time you hire someone, that first year you're, you're coaching and giving to them. The second year it's about even. That third year they're really contributing to your program on norm so to have continuity is so important for your student athletes and we've kept uh, 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 our coaching staff intact and then we have enough returning players that the culture can be passed down and you're not starting from scratch obviously transfer portal affects everybody but uh, the great programs uh, uh, don't have a, have them affected as much meaning you're not losing key guys year in and year out yeah. Well, coach, I appreciate the time. I know, um, you know, in the off season is a chance to relax a little bit, get a, get with family, but also plan and prepare uh, for the summer evaluation events and, and kind of get your ideas together for the next season. So I know it's a little bit of downtime, but you're still busy. I appreciate you joining. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best of luck in the upcoming year. And again, coach, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Congratulations. If there was a team Besides Gonzaga, I wanted to win last season. It was the Baylor Bears, so thanks for joining. 
Well, thank you. And I can tell you from coaches out there, you're, you're a joy and, and delight to work with. You're truly professional, do an unbelievable job representing college basketball and uh, uh, your former school, Gonzaga. So um, uh, hopefully both of us keep winning. And uh, uh, if, if we're in the championship every year, I know Coach Few and I will take that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, Coach. Thank you, guys. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.